Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk. But if not, then you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy Howell. Welcome, Livestock Friends, to this edition of Before the Bid Podcast. And Before the Bid Podcast, we go to Paris, Missouri for uh, this recording and for this sale. And uh, the Francis Family Farms has an online production sale on June 23rd, and that sale is going to be on Willoughby Sales. Uh, Today I am talking with uh, a young man that, uh, again, is having their first production sale. This young man uh, went to uh, junior college at Fort Scott, graduated at Oklahoma State University. He was on livestock judging teams there. And uh, throughout his college career, at the end of it, he decided uh, that he wanted to be an agriculture teacher. So a fellow ag teacher here that uh, I'm talking to today, and and I'm excited uh, to talk to today uh, with Britton Francis, uh, again, of Francis Family Farms. And we're going to be talking about their sale on June 23rd. And uh, again, it is on Willoughby's. And they have Katahdin sheep that they are going to offer uh, for sale on their online sale. And uh, Britton, uh, an ag teacher, your first year, uh, I have a really good idea as to uh, what that life is like. Uh, I've been doing it for several more years than that, but I can only imagine the first year. And with all the craziness that, that went on this year, uh, give us a, a little bit of a rundown of, of your first year of teaching ag and, and how interesting that was. So, uh, first off, Andy, just want to thank you for having uh, me on your podcast today and uh, look forward to our uh, conversation over the next hour or so. Um, but getting back to the question, uh, uh, this year has certainly, certainly been crazy. Um, and, you know, with a lot of my first-year fellow teachers uh, can certainly say that it's a first year we won't forget. Um, I know some teachers, you know, may not remember their first year of how eventful it was. Um, we've had a, had a lot of snow days Um where I'm at, a very rural community. Um, Kids live out in the country, um, so, you know, makes it difficult to get to school. Uh, We also, along with this uh, pandemic, have been out for a couple of months. Uh, We also had a kid in a pretty tragic uh, accident, and thank goodness he is uh, um, on the mend uh, now. So, you know, makes your uh, perspective of of life and teaching, you know, a little different and not everything's going to go as planned and um, we just had to um, modify what we're going to do, um, you know, over the summer with activities, you know, move on to next year, um, you know, and have that, that same, those same goals and focus um, in mind uh, to keep improving um, our chapter. Yeah. And it is a, a very interesting, very interesting life on a normal day. 
and and are on a normal year and and very interesting to do that and I can I can only imagine for your first year uh, some of the things that, that you've been thrown into and experienced here uh, a seasoned guy like myself we kind of roll with it a little bit but uh, I can imagine how challenging it has been uh, for you for this first year. So how why why did you get into uh, ag teaching? I think this is a is a neat story. You went to uh, at Fort Scott Junior College. You went to uh, Oklahoma State University. Your judging team there, uh, but your first your first avenue wasn't to become an ag teacher. That that's correct. Uh, I had uh, the opportunity. Um, I, you know, like many high schoolers, you know, straight out of high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, um, and luckily. Uh, you know, through FFA and livestock judging as well, showing livestock um, kind of fell, fell in line with some friends that said, hey, if we're going to JUCO here at um, Fort Scott Community College. Coach is great. Um, and uh, so I followed suit, gave it a tour, um, talked with him one day and got home and knew that's where I knew um, I needed to go. And uh, that a man Ryan, by the name of uh, Ryan Page certainly – um, a guy that I uh, give a lot of thanks and praise to um, in developing me as a as a livestock judger, but even a, a better person. Um, and then uh, after that, I transferred uh, to Oklahoma State under the um, direction of Dr. Uh, Blake Bloomberg. Had a very successful judging uh, team there as well. Um, we, we won both the Denver uh, livestock judging contest as well as the car load contest and only the 14 to do that with two different um, groups of kids uh, in each contest and we had a lot of success there had a lot of fun I wish I could have gone uh, four years to Oklahoma State and um, certainly time that I wouldn't wouldn't forget um, after graduation I graduated with a, a bachelor's in uh, animal science uh, still really didn't know what I wanted to do yet in life and um, got the opportunity um, uh, through Dr. Brian Wiegand uh, at the University of Missouri. Um, he doesn't live too far down the road from me. Um, I've grown up showing uh, sheep with his kids as well. And uh, he gave, gave me a call um, the spring of my senior year and said, hey, why don't you come up? Um, we'll uh, get you in the graduate program um, as well as uh, you, you can have the opportunity to coach the livestock judging team. Um, so I gave that a whirl. Um, it's just say the graduate um, side the school side I was getting burnt out and wasn't um, where I wanted to go with life so I switched to a, a transition um, into an ag ed position and uh, working on my my TAC um, and was able to complete my ag ed courses um, in two semesters as well as a few summer classes and um, got my first teaching job uh, last fall at community R6 um, go Trojans um, and have a uh, have certainly uh, loved being an ag ed um, teacher. Um, you know, brings in both my passions of livestock as well as you know I, I enjoyed kids kids a lot and helping whether it was in the show ring um, or on on the court. You know, playing basketball. You know, I love developing um, our future uh, generations. So uh, that's that's kind of where I where I stand now, Andy. 
Right, I think that's great. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's why why a lot of people uh, do that. They love the agriculture and they love helping those uh, young people. And uh, yeah, growing up and, and with with your history, and we'll get into your history here in just a second. But uh, yeah, growing up through the livestock and and growing up with with those things and and uh, figuring out hey you know what i want to help other young people do the same thing and uh, what a great way to do that through uh becoming an ag teacher so uh, i just i just think that's really that's really great and as i said you grew up in the in the livestock world Tell, give us just a little bit of history of of uh your growing up and and the the history of of how the sheep thing came along and uh and who all was involved in some of those things? So, um, growing up, I've had sheep ever since uh, I was born. My dad started um, back when he was eight years old. His grandpa, uh, D, uh, got him eight head of sheep for his eighth birthday. Um, and he grew up you know, with some black-faced sheep showing in 4-H and FFA. Um, and then once uh, we got to the age... Um, I started um, around 2002, 2003, um, and I showed um, pulled dorsets. Um, I've got a younger brother, uh, 13 months younger than I am, that started in Hamps, and then my sister's five years behind me, and she started in the South Downs. Um, so we each had our own separate breed. Uh, we kind of weeded a couple of breeds out and uh, got down to uh, South Downs and Katahdin's, and finally... Um, switched everything over to Katahdin, purebred Katahdin in uh, 2011. Um, but what uh, really uh, started us off was um, we uh, we ran commercial use uh, for a long time, both wool and then started um, in the Katahdin commercial side in about 2009 um, where we purchased um, our first flock um, and uh, We'd also fed some market lambs as well, feedlot lambs. And uh, just seeing how those lambs grew to a market weight um, quicker than what um, the wool sheep did that we used to feed out has uh, cert- certainly uh, opened our eyes um, when we started out um, with the audience. And then uh, as we developed our flock you know, on the commercial side and now, now to the purebreds, um, they're easy maintenance. Um, especially in the hot, humid weather that we have here. Um, I know, don't know about you out out east, Andy, but uh, uh, you know we've got a lot of lot of rain um, this spring. Pretty muggy. Um, and these uh, these Katahdins handle it um, very very well. So right. that's uh, that's kind of how we got started in in the in the Katahdins and where we are um, at this point. I was wondering about those Katahdins because I've been we've been exposed to them. They're not uh, a huge thing out here, but but boy, the more and more I see those, uh, or the more and more I travel and and see those, uh, there's a lot of these people that are they're really catching on to this Katahdin thing. Yep, and uh, we certainly uh, when we first started, we purchased our first purebred um, back in 2011. Started showing. Um, in 4-H and FFA, and it was certainly one of those things. You, you rolled up to your county fair, and people said, what is that goat with a long tail? You know, they had <laughs> right. they had no idea, uh, you know, what what the sheep were. Why would you want to show a sheep like that with a long tail? And I can certainly tell you it makes for easy catching um, <laughs> to have that, that fifth limb uh, to grab a hold of. 
usually uh, you get some looks, but now that um, they've gained popularity um, at both the state and national level uh, past several years, uh, the Katahdins at Louisville, um, either on the Ram or the U side, have been pulled out for the top five for Supreme uh, selection there in the open show. Uh, our state fair, Katahdins run right up there with the South Downs. Um, we still have a heavy Southbound population uh, here in Missouri. And so those uh, are right neck and neck in terms of numbers. Um, we have a very big open show. Um, and then uh, you know, our primary avenue of um, selling at the Midwest stud rain sale, uh, Katahdins uh, rank right up there in numbers and have, a, have had very good um, averages over the past uh, five years. And um, there's probably somewhere between 80, 170, 180 head that sell at stud rain sale every year. So they're gaining popularity um, as well as the first uh, Katahdin Ram long jeans um, was the first Supreme uh, champion Ram at the stud rain sale overall um, champion Rams of different breeds. So, so uh, really, really gaining that uh, popularity and, and gaining that quality uh, as well. Yes, they had. And the Katahdins, I know when I we first started, uh, a mature you may weigh 150 pounds um, and a buck, you know, right around 250. I certainly know that, you know, the sheep have gotten bigger and better, um, you know, while keeping that, that structural integrity um, and the important traits of uh, maternal instincts and capacity uh, and still being heavy-muscled sheep um, because these, these were – um, you know, strictly when they first started out, you know, for uh, easy care hobby type farms, you know, there weren't, there weren't large numbers uh, of them that you found in the country. Um, so they've certainly gained popularity. Um, I know around our area and a lot of areas out east and southeast as well. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, they are there. They're getting uh, getting better quality. And yeah, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you, but you kind of answered that. Why? Why still the? Why leave the tail on those things? Is it? Is uh, it purely for catching? <laughs> I, I don't know if that it's exactly for catching. Oh, but, okay. You know that was the. Whenever they set the the breed standard, that that was one of the, um, that was one of the traits you can't can't dock their tails. Um, also, uh, with the high uh, ethnic demand. Um, out east, um, a lot of those ethnics like their lamb poles, so they they like the scrotum and tails uh, intact when you sell to market. Um, you know that's a lot less labor, you know, on the farm. You know, depending if you have you know 40 head or 400 head uh, of lambs, you know, born a year, um, to not have to band and uh, dock those tails, you know, makes makes for a lot easier work um, and labor, especially on on our back. Um, having to bend over and catch all those lambs. So. Right. And possibly a little bit healthier as well. Yes, for, yes definitely. So, a lot, lot less stress on those lambs. So are they leaving Are they leaving most of these uh, most of these Katahdins intact then instead of instead of weathering these guys? Yep. For, uh, uh, if you go to the local sale barn work, we got one of the top markets here just south of us in the um, Midwest Exchange Regional Stockyards mm-hmm. um, in Mexico, Missouri, uh, run about a thousand head a week, and um, a lot of a lot of hair sheep. 
go through there and majority of buck lambs are are left intact tails and uh, scrotum and all and um you know mine and my dad's theory uh certainly if uh those those things uh, add a couple extra pounds you know and multiply it by how many ever sheep you take you know you got a couple extra dollars in your pocket per lamb um because they like those lambs um intact oh wow that's interesting yeah, a lot of a lot of others. Uh, if they got an intact male, why it's it's kind of the opposite. Yep, yeah, definitely. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, you uh, you grew up showing uh, through the sheep, and you, and you talked about that a little bit, and and you guys have had some success uh, not only uh, a while ago, but but recently with these katahdins. You guys have had uh, some sex, success in the show ring and things. And if you would uh, tell us just a little bit uh, about some of that success that you've had. Yep. So um, our primary show every year is the, the Missouri State Fair. Um, very competitive. We've got a lot of a lot of great breeders um, here in Missouri. Henry and Becky Schultz are 30 minutes down the road from us. Uh, Lose on Farms is uh, about an hour and a half uh, over towards uh, Jeff City. Um, there's a lot of breeders in the south or southern part of the state um, that all have very competitive flocks. Um, so it makes uh, going to the Missouri State Fair, you know, really fun for our operation because we know um, we see competition and compete with animals, you know, that that go on to Louisville and show as well. We haven't been to Louisville um, here recently, just just due to us us kids in college and uh, uh, transitioning um, that and just. Uh, uh, time off away from work, um, but I'm hoping to get back uh, there here this year in the next coming years. Um, but some recent uh, successes at um, State Fair uh, two years ago, um, we were a uh, uh, flock and also had the the reserve champion uh, Ram overall, who uh, was behind the the Ram that ended up being champion uh, at Louisville um, that same year. Um, and then we've had just a multitude of class winners um, here in the past five years um, or top five placings at um, some, both in the open show as well as my sister is still in FFA as well. Um, we, we raised uh, uh, the champion ram as well as the champion and reserve used in the FFA side uh, last year, and that was all home race uh, stock out of the buck that was reserve champion in 2018, POI 16-9. So, uh, so had a lot of success, and and I didn't realize your sister; she's still uh, young enough to be in and, and coming through there. So, uh, so you're still yep, she uh, she's a freshman at Oklahoma State as well. So, um, she's got several more years left in the in the show ring, but certainly uh, proud of what she's what she's accomplished uh, in and out of the show ring um, as well. Okay, so following in Big Brothers. Uh, footsteps going to Oklahoma State. Yep, she is. Is she going to be an ag teacher as well? I don't think she's. She probably has the patience to be an ag teacher, <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh, um, not sure. Uh, not sure what she wants to do um, exactly. Uh, she's majoring in animal science and ag communications. Um, so, and she may be taking your place one day, Andy. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that sounds all right. Maybe you guys could have a have a brother sister teaching team, and uh, so you guys teach during the day, and and then 
raise raise sheep uh, on oh, the on the other good. time. Yep, that's that's, that's what I do now. <laughs> so, but I I'd, I'd enjoy that. That sounds like a sounds like a good plan. Yeah, you guys have uh, something else going on there. Uh, if you if you go to your Facebook page and things, and uh, you guys you guys are in this dog business as well. Yes, uh, I uh, own uh, Tiger Country Corgis. Um, since we are in uh, Mizzou uh, Tiger Country up here, um, I got started oh back in. I bought my first dog in 2013, a male, from actually my professor at uh, um, Oklahoma State, Dr. Jerry Fitch. Uh, that's where I got my first male um, was when I was still, that was my last year in uh, high school, um, and bought him at the All-American Junior Show and picked up the female a year later and had our first litter of pups from, or, uh, in the fall of 2015. Um, right now, I, I've got... Uh, right at 10 females and a, a couple of uh, stud dogs. Um, and we have uh, litters all year round um, and certainly uh, great companion animals as well as, you know, they, they live on our farm. You know, they've got a, they've got a job and uh, they help herd. Um, it's all natural instinct. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's in their blood and in their genes. Uh, we don't do any, any formal training uh, besides uh, get them and uh, that'll do. Uh, and we certainly enjoy um, the help that they provide us, you know, while we're rounding, rounding up the flock, you know, trying to sort um, sheep. They, they are uh, a huge help, especially if, uh, if it's a one-man show uh, that day, trying to, trying to get them into the, the working facilities. I've had a couple of people tell me that corgis are hard-headed. Is that right? Oh, uh, they can be. Okay. I'm not going to say that they're the, not going to say that they're the easiest. They they are strong-willed, and uh, you know they they are dogs that want to please. Um, so you know they're they will do whatever it takes um, to uh, to try to please you. And that often uh, comes with being stubborn. Sometimes they're they're going after the flock, you know, trying to round them up, and you may not need them to go that direction or uh, go after that one animal, but they're going to go after it anyways. Um, so just. You know, staying in control and making sure that you know they uh, don't let them run too free um, with trying to trying to herd the sheep because they may end up taking them in the wrong direction. But they have have been a tremendous help for us. Yeah, I've got a I've got a little girl that uh, she thinks she needs a, a corgi, and I got some friends that uh, raise corgis, and they think I need a corgi, and uh, that's just one of those one of those avenues I haven't experienced yet. So. Well, I'd be happy to set you up <laughs> with, with Corgi. Bring bring Cor, uh, Corgi out with a Katahdin sheep, right? Yep, <laughs> I can I can set you up with both of those. Well, that sounds great. One one stop shop and get me into things that I that I haven't been into before, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, I uh, uh, I don't know if you heard the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but. Uh, uh, with talking with Nick Pitlick and uh, I, I wasn't really a goat fan, but boy, looking at those goats, uh, they were they were uh, pretty neat, and and it almost uh, almost made me want to bid on some of those goats. So, uh, yeah, so Nick's got uh, a great operation going. Um, I, I didn't get to listen to the podcast yet. I wanted to. I've got it saved on my on my phone. Um, just hadn't had time to to listen to it yet. Plug it in in the truck whenever I'm driving uh, to and from school. Um, 
but yeah, the, I've dabbled in the goat business just a little bit. Um, recently, uh, got out of it, you know, for the time being and concentrating on the, the Katahdin flock. But yeah, I have been in the, the colored boar goat industry a little bit, mm-hmm. um, past couple of years. Yeah, you certainly got a got a great herd going on and a lot of impressive animals that he's that he's been raising and purchasing the past couple of years yeah you have to you have to listen to that when i actually admit that i really like a couple of those goats and and i'm not a goat fan so uh so yep. that's saying a lot i think that's saying a lot <laughs> yeah yeah Ritten, you were also telling me about uh, a few people that have kind of helped you along the way to, to get to where you guys are and, and helped with the success that you guys uh, have had already. I want to give you just a second here and uh, kind of talk about those people and, and what they've done for uh, to help your program. Yeah, so a uh, um, couple of uh, three breeders, three families uh, that I want to mention um, that have helped us uh, get started in the Katahdins as well as just they're there for advice anytime um, that we need them. Um, back when we started in uh, 2011, um, Henry and Becky Schultz, uh, they live in Centralia, Missouri, which is just 30 minutes down the road. Um, Prairie Lane Farms that um, are known to most uh, sheep breeders around the country. Um, very competitive in the Katahdin breed now. It's had several national champion rams um, and used to their name. Uh, as well as, you know, back in the day, they showed Dorsets and Cordales. Um, they were the first ones that we bought bought our uh, first buck and ewe from, and then, uh, you know, over the last several years have accumulated some other, other females to add to our program, and they've had a lot of success, so I certainly appreciate them. Um, Jeff Pointer um, from Paris, Illinois, the other Paris uh, in the Katahdin um, breed, uh, has certainly helped us on the, the sire side of things. Um, with Poi 16-9 has certainly put our program in the right direction. Uh, we also have um, another buck of his um, that was uh, that we purchased last fall and used. Uh, that buck was reserve champion at Indiana State Fair last year as a spring ram lamb. Um, and certainly excited to see what he does um in the lambs this fall as well as the next spring uh, lamb crop. And that buck is WAP 19-3. Um, and then the, the last person I'd like to like to mention is uh, Ed Julian. Ed is a longtime sheep breeder, um, has uh, had several breeds of sheep. He just recently retired a couple of years ago and sold out of his flock, um, or Katahdin flock, uh, to Salmon Run Farms in Sabotus, Maine. Um, but Ed, Ed and I talked oh, – every couple of weeks and just, uh, you know, just love to talk sheep. Um, you know, what, what's going on with the breed, you know, how, how I can better improve my flock. He's been in my place a couple of times and just, you know, what I can do to, to get me, um, you know, to that national level where I want to be here, uh, in a few years showing at Louisville and, and certainly being, uh, super competitive, um, striving for consistency. Um, Ed, Ed judged at the Missouri State Fair for several years while I was growing up. Um, always, always very uh, complimentary um, on our stocks, and certainly somebody uh, that I enjoy a good conversation um, with. Yeah, that's that's great. We need those people that uh, that help us along the way, and and we see that across uh, the the livestock world with uh, uh, people having other people that they kind of take under their wing and. 
uh, enroll with some things and, and teach them some things. Yep. I certainly, certainly appreciate all of them. Right. You guys uh, have a reason for this sale. Again, you guys have the, the sale, the Francis Family Farms online production sale on June 23rd at Willoughby Sales. And um, you guys kind of have a reason, a couple reasons, uh, to have this first production sale, don't you? Yeah, so uh, our main sale that um, you know we can sign at is the Midwest Stud Range Sale in uh, Sedalia, and it would be um, actually the same time frame that our um, online sale is. Um, we kind of dabbled with the idea of having an online production sale um, before Sedalia, um, and uh, we kind of shot that idea around. I know a lot of breeders do that with the option to um, deliver sheep to Sedalia, and those sheep can get dispersed, you know, across the country. You know, there's a lot of rides um, going out east, south, and, and west. Um, so we certainly poked around the idea with that. But then, you know, with the cancellation of the, the stud rain sale due to the COVID uh, situation, you know, I, I said, you know, we need to need to have an online sale and, uh, you know, get our get our sheep out there. And I think we had the, the group to do it with, um for this uh for this sale um so that's uh that's why we decided to to do an online sale and we wanted to be a little different um than what most uh katahdin sales over the past couple of weeks um that i've seen um and uh sedalia when we can find there have pins of three um so you know pin of three pin of three uh spring new lambs um, and, uh, we usually take a couple of those groups down there and they, they usually end up being the high selling groups for us. Um, you know, people, people want consistency, um, as well as, you know, if they pick a, a sheep from, from me and pick a sheep from, uh, from Schultz's and pick a sheep from you, Andy, and they only end up with one of the three when they wanted, you know, all three of them, you know, whether they went out of price range, um, whatnot that option at the end of the sale to hey you know there's you know pin of three ulams that we can we can take we know they're all going to be the same price um and so they they leave home or leave to go home with something uh that they look forward to breeding with so um our online sale will consist of two to three um spring ram lambs uh out of the various sires that we have on the place um Two fall ewe lambs started by Poi 16-9, and then um, the spring ewe lambs. I've, we've handpicked the top 30 um, ewe lambs, and I wish uh, we could keep them all. Um, we had a tremendous uh, lamb crop this spring, averaged right around 1.8 uh, lambs per ewe, lots of triplets, lots of multiples, um, and uh, lots of female. Um, there's lots of ewe lambs born. Um, so uh, picked out the top half of the earliest lambs um that are that are ready ready to go um and we're gonna split those up into pins of three um and sell them uh, three times the money um and offer just a different perspective um to this online sale okay yeah and we can get into some of those pedigrees and things here in, in just a minute but uh you guys recently acquired a lot more sheep yeah um we we had the uh, opportunity um, last fall. We got a call from a from another breeder uh, down south that uh, um, this uh, 
this Amish guy had um, the uh, pipestone flock um, and that he had some ewe lambs for sale. So we originally went down and bought the, the 80 head of ewe lambs that he had. Um, and then he ended up selling us the the, the whole flock. And the, the flock originated um, from Pipestone, Minnesota, and the well the well-known uh, Doc Kennedy. Uh, Doc passed away a couple of years ago um, in November um, of kidney failure. Um, certainly pioneer uh, in the Katahdin breed and uh, had the largest uh, Katahdin, purebred Katahdin flock uh, in the nation. Um, and so we're certainly, uh, certainly glad to have this opportunity um, to purchase these females. We dispersed our commercial use um, in order to uh, take on this this group um, and incorporate them to our flock, you know, we also had probably 40 of our own um, purebred females that we acquired over the years of of showing and going to the stud ram sale. Um, so um, it's nice to nice to purchase a flock that is uh, well known around the country um, and that they're consistent. Um, and that's what you'll see in these ewe lambs. Um, a lot of them are out of the Pipestone females. There's a few that are out of our home-raised ewes um, in there, but a lot go back to Pipestone genetics. Um, and certainly uh, probably the most consistent flock you'll find across the country. So certainly certainly glad to continue on uh, Doc's legacy um, through those ewes. Right, and got to be very exciting to bring those in and, and put those with yours and, and continue that on. So. Yeah, you are located in in Paris, Missouri. Where where is Paris, Missouri? So Paris, Missouri is uh, in the northeast part of the state. Um, if you're uh, familiar with Columbia, um, we're uh, about an hour um, north of Columbia, um, and we're straight west of Quincy, uh, about an hour. So not not too far um, from the border um, of Illinois. Um, that's that's where we're located. Okay. Well, good. So uh, if anybody wants to come see these sheep beforehand, uh, I guess how can they how can they do that before we get into these sale lots? They they want oh. they'll be on Willoughby here. Uh, you can watch the podcast video uh, as well. But but what if they want some more information on these sheep? Uh, they want more information. Always happy to have uh, potential. Um, buyers come out to the farm uh, look at the flock look at the ewe lambs they are uh, uh, separated in a different different lot um and you know able for viewing uh, they don't have numbers on their lot numbers on their back but um it's certainly uh um, you see them as a group and you can see how consistent they are and, and you'll see them in the video um rolling i took a short video uh the other day of the ewes um and then you also can see some of the stuff uh we've produced over the past couple of years and as well as some of our herd sires and you uh, uh, flock base um, as well. Um, so we're always happy to have people come out. Uh, feel free to give me a call. Um, 573-473-0633 is my cell number. Uh, and I'd love to talk sheep um, with anybody that would, uh, would be interested. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. And they can come see them and, uh, all those things, so so very good. Yeah, you're actually you're not uh, terribly far from me. I don't guess. Uh, I don't I don't know that I'll be out here in the next week to see them, but uh, uh, maybe for this next time, maybe for this next time we will be. So, yep. you want to go down through uh, some of these sale lots? Uh, I know there's still a, a little bit of uh, 
possibilities in here, some things you might put in. Uh, but but do you want to go down through some of these pedigrees and, and things on these sale lots? Yep. So uh, spring buck lambs, we're a little undecided right now. Uh, we've got a large group uh, to choose from, um, but uh, know that they are our very best, uh, the very top end of the buck lambs um, that we've had uh, this spring. Um, and we've got a got a multitude of sires, and we'll try to you know offer a diverse set of genetics um, there from the sire side um, with uh, Poi 16-9. Um, we've got a home race son of him that we call Spit and Image. Um, that buck is FRA uh, 5305. We have another pointer buck, um, WAP 19-3, um, as well as. Um, a, a Doc Kennedy buck P6, or excuse me, P766. It's um, a 2013 model out of the first ever buck who was champion at Louisville um, several years ago. And then we also have um, a Schultz Ram, um, shoe 3792. Um, that is a Remington Sun that goes back to Centralia on the top side and Vision on the bottom side. Um, so we'll offer a diverse set um, in terms of the buck lambs. Uh, the two fall ewe lambs uh, that we do have uh, in the sale um, are October-born uh, females. They are out of Poi uh, 16-9. He's our main herd sire um, here. Uh, if you uh, look at our Facebook page, Francis Family Katahdin, uh, you can find him pictured on there. Um, real massive buck. That is a... Uh, super consistent what he produces um i love the way that this guy is built uh in terms of his uh structure and his athleticism um while still being uh having a great profile from the side and he's certainly uh easy keeping and heavy muscled um we weighed him a couple of weeks ago and he was right in the 330 pound range um so a big boy that can certainly maintain his weight um and certainly instills that in his offspring um the two ewe lambs, we didn't have very many. Uh, fall lambs had roughly 25 head, and we were really heavy on the buck side. Um, only had seven uh, ewe lambs. And so uh, we're offering two uh, very high-quality females, a solid red ewe uh, that's about as stout and powerful as you can make a Katahdin. Um, her lines uh, go back uh, to some of our home race um, females that are Schultz and genetic, or Schultz and a pointer. Um, on the dam side as well. Uh, the other fall ewe lamb would be out of a homestead, Acres U. Um, not a real well-known flock, but we've been able to purchase a, a few females uh, out of there. Um, the other ewe, solid white, um, pretty as a picture, real feminine, uh, tall-fronted type of a female. Uh, that's going to make a real nice show you. Um, as we get down through the, the spring ewe lambs, um, they uh, mainly February-borns. I uh, got a few, uh, looking on my sheet here, I uh, got four March ewe uh, lambs uh, in there. Um, a lot of them are sired by the Schultz buck. He got the majority um, of the, the early ewes at lambs. Um, I wish we had some more uh, pointer genetics um, in here. He uh, sired a lot of the late lambs um, that were born, and those, those are um, for sale off the farm as well. Uh, just didn't think they would be ready um, or quite ready for the online sale at uh, this, this point in time. 
Um, so, uh, you know, all these ewe lambs, the majority of them are sired by the Schultz buck. Um, and then as, as well as the other bucks that I've mentioned throughout, um, if you go looking on the, the dam side of their pedigrees, and I hope to have all these, uh, pictured and videoed early next week, um, as well as information posted on Willoughby. Uh, so if anybody has any questions, you know, feel free to give us a call. Um, you'll see a lot of, a lot of, um, Doc Kennedy stuff behind, uh, these ewe lambs, um, and the dams, uh, sires, they go back to, um, P186, second coming, P2, uh, 97, first ever, a lot of ADS, 0105, um, as well as there's a handful of ewe lambs that go back to, uh, Ed Julian Buck, um, 658, uh, that's known as New Look. Um, he was, uh, uh, one of Ed's top bucks a couple of years ago that showed at Louisville, Doc bought him, um, at Louisville, uh, and had a really tremendous, uh, lamb crop out of him. Um, we've got a lot of young females out of that guy, uh, and certainly, um, a lot of, a lot of lambs that, um, late maturing, um, but they are, uh, built as good as you can make a good pot and, um, just, just real green. Uh, need more need more time to them, um, but we've got a lot of his daughters in the flock, and certainly uh, impressed by their their mothering ability. A um, lot of lot of twins and triplets out of those females, and you'll see in the sale if you were looking at my sheet here. I think there's only six singles, and then the rest are twins and triplets. Um, so very very prolific uh, types of females there in terms of the the pedigrees in their background. Looking at these sheep, you sent me these emails, and uh, yeah, look like uh, high quality sheep. I, it's something that, that doesn't really have to do anything with the sale. You know, as, as extreme as we're getting with all of these uh, different things, and we're grooming these uh, different animals and different things. You think we'll ever start grooming Katahdin sheep? Uh, so the nice the nice thing about um, the Katahdins and the and the showing them, you know, is uh, there's not a lot of maintenance in terms of, um, you know, having to, having to shear or anything. And that's actually a, against the, the rules. If you, if you show Katahdin, you can't clip or shear. Um, the only thing you can do is brush and uh, blow dry. Um, so, uh, makes for easy preparation. Um, especially at the day of, if you got a couple that, that need wash cause they got, they got dirty, um, you know, uh, rinse them and use a cattle blow dryer on them and, uh, uh, blow those use out and they're they're ready to go um not a not a lot of time in the barn you know spent shearing and you know trying to you know they don't have leg wool so you don't have to to worry about you know growing that or anything so uh, very easy maintenance um one of the things that kind of sold us on showing them is you know you can show up to the 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 fair dirty and you know you can have them clean in a couple of hours and um you know we don't even put blankets on ours um, because they don't accumulate dirt or straw or um, wood chips, whatever you bet them on. Um, so certainly, certainly easy uh, to get prepared for the show ring. Right. So if I've got a, a young junior that, that wants to get started in the, in the sheep, uh, why, why should I bring them to uh, Francis family farms and, uh, and have them buy sheep on this online sale? So, we, we've been 
heavily involved. You know, even even my my uh, dad um, showing up in 4-H in uh, FFA. Um, you know, we've been all about the youth and youth and agriculture in the future. You know, that's one of the reasons I took one of the reasons I took an ag teacher um, position uh, was to help you know structure those kids and develop them um, for their future careers. Uh, you know, we we love talking sheep. We're always we're always here to help. Um, we've had several junior exhibitors come by, you know, from out of state here this year. Uh, to pick up stuff for their next uh, or for this uh, show season in their flock, um, help them build their flock, and uh, certainly we're we're here um, to help. Um, uh, you know, I'm not saying that that all breeders are like this, but you know, some breeders you, you get sheep and you never hear from them again. You know, we want to know the ex- success that you have with your sheep. You know, or if it's a if it's a problem, you know, with with laymen, you know, we're we're up at all hours of the night doing the exact same thing um so you know if you have questions we're always happy to answer um answer those questions and uh, get you the best advice uh, that we can and help well i think that's great uh, i know i know i appreciate customer service uh, as well as i know a lot of other people do and uh so i yeah uh, i think that's great and, and great that you say that and uh call you any call you any time i appreciate that too <laughs> yep yeah, I think that's great. Well, Britton, anything else you want to tell us about about the program? You want to tell us about the sale? You want to tell us about uh, anything like that that uh, that we might need to know? Uh, not not a whole lot. Just uh, feel free to feel free to contact me. Love showing uh, off the farm and uh, having you know people come down to to Paris, Missouri, and see some see some different country and meet meet new people and potential new customers that, you know, that become our friends, um, you know, throughout our, throughout our uh, career in the sheep industry. Um, I think you'll find an exciting set, you know, whether it's in the sale, we also have got several lambs, you know, that are not in the sale uh, that are available off the farm. You know, if you don't get something purchased, uh, you know, feel free to give us a call to come look at uh, what's left in the barn. Um, We've got a lot of um, young March lambs. Uh, that weren't just quite ready um, that we um, feel are going to be pretty, pretty neat here in the next couple of months. You know, once they uh, start shucking out their, their baby wool and uh, slicking up um, and uh, putting some pounds on uh, that are going to be, uh, you know, good as good, if not better, uh, you know, than some of these females. So um, these are the, the top end. If I could, if I could keep all of them, you know, I would, and I, you know, I certainly wouldn't sell anything, um, you know, that I wouldn't keep in the flock myself. You know, they that's what they they make sale barns for. Um, you know, I think you'll you'll find in these these groups of ewe lambs, uh, you know, the the consistency um, within uh, these females, and you know, our our main focus, you know, on the ewe side of things is having um, consistent, productive maternal females. Um, you know, that can do their job in the pasture that are also competitive uh, in the show ring um, as well. I know not all sheep are destined um, for the show ring. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's just one part of the industry. Um, and we like to cater, cater to everybody, you know, a little bit, whether you're the, the small hobby breeder, um, you know, a big uh, purebred breeder that shows at national shows, or um, maybe you're just a commercial breeder that wants to, 
few head to to market every year, you know, for custom processing or just to have something for the kids to play with. You know, we've got a little bit of everything for everybody. Well, that's great. I uh, appreciate uh, appreciate the diversity of that and, and the real-world uh, outlook on that. So, well, that's great. Uh, again, the Francis Family Farms online production sale, their first-ever online production sale, June 23rd on Willoughby Sales. And uh, we want to invite everybody to uh, go on there and look at those and, and look at those sheep. And, uh, Britton, just uh, want to thank you for visiting with us today uh, on the podcast and uh, uh, telling us uh, a little bit of your history and, and uh, about these sheep. And, and I can tell you, you enjoy this uh, Katahdin breed and, and uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, certainly. Certainly thank you, Andy, uh, for having me having me on here today. Um, as as always, been getting... Uh, certainly nice to nice to talk to you and uh you know get the word out to to fellow fellow breeders um or uh, potential customers you know young or old um you know whether you whether you show or not um you know we we enjoy uh spreading the word about the katahdin breed and being advocates uh for the breed as well well that's great and again uh appreciate it and uh go to willoughby online sales and look for that uh Francis Family Farms uh, online production sale on June 23rd. And we want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in to another edition of Before the Bid podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.